Chapter Eighteen of the Submarine Boys and the Smugglers by Victor G. Durham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter Eighteen. Jake sees a really spectre. Three young men sat around the wardroom table on the Grant. Two of them were in uniform. The third, their guest, Ned White. It was six o'clock. The wardroom steward stood behind Lieutenant Benson's chair awaiting the order to serve we'll wait dinner a few minutes longer jack proposed what can be keeping f wondered hal hastings anxiously any one of a dozen or a score of inconsequential things returned ned white lightly why are you fellows so uneasy you don't know all about the ways of the service smiled jack punctuality is one of the first lessons of this life and Mr. Summers is always so punctual that you could set your watch by his return. So I see, scoffed Ned, who, not being in the least worried, was fully prepared to do justice to his appetite. At last, when Jack found the time to be 6.15, he turned to the waiter to say, Pass the word to the gunner's mate to recall the gig from the shore. The boat's crew will want their supper. When you have passed the word, then you may begin to serve us by seven o'clock the meal was finished but f was still missing i can't stand this much longer confessed jack benson rising from table waiter find out if the boat's crew have finished their meal yes sir reported the waiter coming back then pass word to the gunner's mate that i shall want the gig at once very good sir and beg pardon sir well it has begun to rain sir thank you I will get my rain clothes. Though his own rain clothes were in his cabin, Lieutenant Jack came out with the set he had borrowed from Ned White. Oh, these are yours, Mr. White. I had meant to return them earlier, Jack declared. Put them on for tonight, begged White. Don't go back for your own. So Jack donned the long rubber coat and sou'wester. And I believe I'll go with you, yawned Ned rising from the table then i'll get out of your clothes smiled lieutenant jack don't do anything of the sort my dear fellow just lend me yours they'll fit this exchange was therefore made the two stepped into the gig as it was brought alongside once on shore ned suggested suppose we go to the hotel bel-air first summers may be dining there jack shook his head if not and if something has happened to summers ned continued the hotel will be the most likely place to have the news so they turned in at the hotel and spent some little time there making inquiries there was no word however to be had of f wally heard of the inquiry made he had returned to the hotel as being the safest place for him he was pallid-faced quaking and ready to scream from terror when he heard that Summers was being sought, and heard the description, too, Wally watched his chance to flee to a shed in the hotel steward's department. There Wally Wimpins crouched in the dark, starting at every sound. "'Strange we don't get any word of Summers here,' murmured Ned. "'I'm going further,' Jack declared, looking genuinely worried at last. "'You might stay here, White, and telephone as you think best.' I'm going through the village a bit. 
for within the last few minutes a very gruesome suggestion had been growing to the submarine boy's mind he began to believe that f trying to do some sleuthing on his own account against the smugglers had fallen afoul of them and i believe skipper redbeard would kill a man in order to escape thought jack darkly so his reflections as he hurried forth were not altogether comfortable ones it seemed unlikely that f somers would come across a larger fight than he could handle yet where was he it was quite dark now and the rain was falling heavily almost unconsciously benson's steps turned in the direction of the little pier where the schooner velvet docked prudence being always strong in jack he advanced cautiously now it would be a betrayal of his mission from the navy department to expose himself in any way that might result in putting skipper redbeard and jake on their guard so as he came in sight of the pier jack benson stepped behind a tree trunk determining to look over the scene before advancing the white masthead light hung from the schooner's foremast head but there was no sign of life aboard i wonder if the bulldog is about again and if he'll know me well enough to let me alone this time thought the submarine boy for some minutes he peered intently presently he forgot to take account of his surroundings other than the pier he was startled therefore to hear steps approaching from behind there was just time to slip behind the tree when two figures passed a nasty night he heard jake say yes vouchers have fed the skipper but darker it is better for us dark nights for mine then you right then and there jake closed his jaws with a snap he walked faster and strode out on the pier what are you in such a hurry for bawled skipper redbeard but jake neither replied nor halted until he was almost down to the schooner's side then he wheeled coming back slowly what in blazes ails you growled redbeard i saw it gasped jake his eyes rolling now confound you for an idiot what did you see demanded the skipper hoarsely i saw it i tell you jake insisted in quavering accents now which it or how many what are you talking about anyway growled the exasperated skipper i saw the ghost of that fellow you threw overboard the other night quavered jake stop your nonsense roared the skipper seizing jake and shaking him roughly i didn't throw any man overboard and you know it well then the fellow that jumped overboard and didn't show up again he was drowned anyway and i tell you that i just saw his ghost he had on the same rain clothes that he was drowned in where did you see him demanded the skipper becoming suddenly suspicious over there right behind that tree jake declared pointing why didn't you say so before demanded the skipper come along we'll look into that skipper redbeard started on a fast run but jake didn't follow instead the deckhand remained rooted to the middle of the pier a prey to fear he neither dared follow his chief nor venture aboard the schooner where it would be just his luck to run plumb into that awful ghost there was nothing there you tarnal chuckle-headed fool growled redbeard returning 
i knew there wasn't but i went and looked just to show you how big a fool you are i tell you cried jake solemnly i saw nothing bellowed redbeard now get aboard with you and cast off continued the skipper we've got to make an early start tonight on account of the wind being against us hustle jack benson of course had not waited to be discovered but had slipped away so i'm a ghost am i chuckled jack i'll save that up then he hurried to the hotel where the landlord promised to do all in his power to get word of f summers as a naval officer benson was bound first of all to keep that little schooner in sight before the velvet's white light was much more than a mile out at sea the submarine grant was ready to follow end of chapter eighteen recording by john brandon